0: Hey, uh, welcome to Christian Campus Fellowships dinner and a message—the first one of 2024. Here we are, Um, whole new semester, all sorts of good stuff. So, hey, um, really glad you are here. Uh, Whether you are uh, joining us uh, live and in person in the room, or checking us out on our live stream, listen to our podcast later on, uh, whatever uh, you are doing, uh, we are glad you are here. Uh, My name is Donnie, and I am one of your uh, staff members and. Uh, Tonight, I get to continue our theme of Kingdom of Heaven, uh, where heaven and earth meet. Uh, If you are uh, new or have forgotten, this is what we do every school year. Uh, We have a theme uh, to give you an idea of what to expect and to keep me from going off on who knows what kind of rabbit trails and tangents, so it kind of keeps me reeled in. Uh, But this idea of the Kingdom of Heaven being where heaven and earth meet. A lot of times when we think of heaven, we think of long way away, Uh, both in time and space, and that's just not really what the Bible has to say about it. Heaven and earth meeting is something that we see, honestly, throughout the Bible. We have this green-looking or green-tent-looking structure here. That's the tabernacle Uh, in the first part of the Bible. uh, Maybe you've heard it called the Old Testament. I prefer Hebrew Scriptures because it's not old. I mean, the New Testament's old, but they're both old. So I go with the language because if we hear Old Testament, we just ignore it and think it's not important. And that is very much not true. Uh, so I go Hebrew Scriptures. But in the Hebrew Scriptures, that was the place where God's presence was said to dwell, where heaven and earth meet. And then Jesus comes onto the scene, uh, and he claims to be the place where heaven and earth meets. And he even says at the very beginning of his ministry, it's our theme verse, Matthew four seventeen. He says, the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And what's really cool, depending on which uh, English translation you're looking at, if if you're not familiar with the Bible, that's totally cool. You are in the right place. We love talking about it a lot, and we try to uh, over-explain everything. So we're all on the same uh, page. But there's different English translations of the Bible because the Bible was not uh, originally written in American English, believe it or not. Um, But some of the other translations say that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or it's come near, or it's here. Some of the old school ones say that it hath come nigh, all of those things. But what's really cool about um, the original Greek word that's translated has arrived in this translation is it literally means to join one thing to another, which works really well for our theme, this idea of uh, where heaven and earth meet. So that's what we've been talking about all year, kind of what that looks like. And with our theme verse being in Matthew, it kind of makes sense for us to hang out in Matthew's gospel uh, the second part of the Bible, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is where they start, and those are the four Gospels. Gospels is a fancy word that means good news. Um, these are the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth. Matthew's is the longest one, so we are not trying to go from, you know, first paragraph to last paragraph. We would not finish. It would not be even close. So we've split the year up into three uh, series. You see those on this side of the wall on the back. We started off with the kingdom of heaven is like. Those are parables. Then we're in the middle of our, well, we're near the end of our people section where we're looking at Jesus interacting with some people. Uh, And come February, we'll be hanging out in our preaching section where we're going to look at some of Jesus' longer uh, sermons and what all he had to say um, in those. So we are, for the next couple of weeks, going to be wrapping up the people section. So we're going to be looking at Jesus' interactions with uh, two different groups of people um, tonight. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, I would like to pray for us. so do what you do. God, thank you for uh, today, uh, thank you for another semester, uh, thank you for each person that's here uh, tonight, whether they're here in the room or, or live streaming or listening to the podcast later on, God, I'm just thankful uh, for everybody being here, and God, I'm just uh, thankful for another semester here. Uh, I ask God that uh, you would just guide me now, that you would say what you want me to say. Uh, Don't let me say anything that you don't want me to say. And uh, I pray for each of us that you would let us hear uh, and help us hear uh, exactly what you know we need to hear. Uh, We love you, God. Thank you for Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start with a little game of would you rather. Uh, The five senses edition, we're going to play which one would you rather lose? And I know the answer is none, but that's not the game. Okay? So I'm going to say two, and you got to decide which one you would rather lose. Okay? So smell or taste? And we're going to go just, we're going to raise your hand. So, all right. So if you would rather lose your sense of smell out of those two, raise your hand. All right, sense of taste. All right, cool. All right, what about what about sight and smell? Sight and smell. If you'd rather lose your sense of sight? If you'd rather lose your sense of smell? All righty. Um, taste and sight. Rather lose your sense of taste? Rather lose your sense of smell? Of uh, vision, sight? Mm-hmm. All right, here's the one you're really going to think about, so I'm going to give you a little bit of time, but not much. Hearing or sight. Okay? Raise your hand if you'd rather lose your sense of hearing. Raise your hand if you'd rather lose your sense of sight. Okay. Now, that went about the way I expected it to. The taste and smell at the beginning was just to get things going. I was really much more interested um, in in the sight things because um, we... um, we protected our vision there, y'all. That hearing and, and the hearing and vision one was a little more, it wasn't close, it wasn't even. Um, more, of, more of us said we'd, we'd rather lose hearing. Why do we protect our vision so much? Why are we so protective of it? And when I'm, when I'm on the floor, if you're new, this is not rhetorical, so go. Safety. Safety. Just shout it out now. We don't need hands. It's the biggest way we perceive the world. Ooh, we like to have proof. That's good, Claire. I like that. It lets us read and write. Likes us read read okay, yeah, read and write. Um yeah, what I feel like we'd be falling a lot if we didn't. I think we'd be falling a lot. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, so it makes like I, I think I think a lot of it comes down to safety in a lot of ways. I mean, um, I'll be honest with you I'm always scared I'm gonna trip up here because I've around before I look, and I'm like, one of these days I'm just gonna eat it. Um disappear from the from the, uh, from the live stream, and it'll be kind of funny, but, but yeah, um, and it's interesting with that, you know, we, we had our answer to the, to the this or that, uh, but I think our, our why, you know, tells us a lot, because there are things we like to do, we like to read and write, there are um, things that concern us, falling down, uh, for example, you know, safety, but it, it seems like, like with that, the why gives you a little more information. You know what is is a good question, but why is a little more uh, gives you even more information? So tonight, I'm hoping it's going to be real helpful because we're going to see uh, two different groups of people that get asked the exact same question, but they respond um, in very different ways and and what i what I really hope is going to make tonight useful is that they respond differently in the why behind their response. And my hope is that by looking at why these folks do what they do, that'll cause us to think about why we do the things uh, that we do. Because again, I think why uh, is, is a big question. So uh, we're going to be in Matthew 20, but before we get there, uh, one more show of hands question here. I'm not asking what they are or if you've already broken them, but New Year's resolutions. Who did them? <laughs> That's hilarious. Like four of us. Um, okay, so this might be hard for you all to answer then. Um, but I'm going to ask anyway. Why do people do those? New start, new year, new me. New start, new year, new me. Okay. Wanna be we want to be better. Okay. A lot of times our New year's resolutions have to do with what we want. Maybe we want more of something or maybe we want less of something. so yeah, <laughs> that was perfect, Nathaniel. Thank you for that um but yeah, but a lot of times it is. It's about what we want, but again, I think there, why do we want it like if if I want to read 60 books this year, because I feel like that will help me grow and understand the world around me and help me get different perspectives for, that are that are different from mine, that's cool. But if I want to read 60 books this year to rub it in the face of all of my people that follow me on Goodreads, then come on. Some of y'all are like, oh, that hurt, hit a little close to home, Donnie. Well, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, the what are my resolutions is one question, but the question under that, really the deeper question, the more important question, the more telling question is why. Why are my resolutions uh, what they are? Which um, those two questions bring us actually much earlier than normal. I'm going to go ahead and give us the questions for tonight. Um, And if you're like, what do you mean questions? I don't like doing like a bottom line statement because I think questions stick better. Um, I think questions are. we remember, I think questions can be much more impactful, so I always try to leave us with questions for ourselves, and and tonight there's two of them, Uh, what do I want, but more importantly, uh, why do I want it? What do I want, and why uh, do I want it? So we're going to look at this uh, tonight, because what's interesting, oh, by the way, I always make them first-person questions instead of what do you want and why do you want it, because if I ask you a question, you can ignore it. If you ask yourself a question, you're going to have to deal with that, and uh, I, I want us to have the courage to be willing to ask ourselves uh, some questions. Uh, what is interesting is the what What do I want question uh, is going to come up in both stories we're going to look at tonight. Jesus is going to ask some people uh, what they want, uh, so that's where we're going, uh, and we're going to really spend some time with their why and then think toward the end about uh, about our why to what we want, so... If you've got a Bible, you want to flip there. In Matthew 20, we're going to start in verse 29. If you don't have a Bible and you've got an app, feel free to uh, scroll there. It's going to be up on the screen also, so feel free to just follow along. So here we go, Matthew 20, starting in verse 29. As they, that's Jesus and his closest followers and a whole bunch of crowds of people that are following him also. As they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on a Son of David. Son of David is one of Jesus' kind of nicknames because he was descended from King David. Uh, If if you've heard the David and Goliath story, that's the same King David. So since since Jesus was descended from him, sometimes he's called Son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. How big of a jerk do you have to be to tell a blind dude to shut up? I mean, come on, people. Uh, But they cried out all the more. Lord, have mercy on a son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? I know, it sounds like a ridiculous question. Like, there's no such thing as a stupid question, but you're like, Jesus, they're blind. <laughs> I think we all know. And they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. So, I mean, the question is, you know, what do you guys want is, I mean, duh. They, they obviously want to want to be able, um, you know, to see. But, like, other than the obvious, if it's better than being blind, like, why did they want to see? Maybe what did they want to see? But what, why, was there, why was that uh, the request? Like, I wonder, do you think they knew who Jesus was? They call him Son of David, and why ask him for help? Because they think he can do it. Like they didn't ask some random dude. Hey, Son of Bob. That's what I came up with. He's like Bob's like Bob's kid's like what? Um, but yeah, they they knew. They knew enough about Jesus, they'd used their other senses, they'd heard enough about Jesus that they felt like this was a guy who could help them in some way. Okay, they knew enough to realize that he could help. And they also knew enough to realize that after he'd helped them, they should hang close to him. They follow him. Like, don't, can you put that back up for a second? That, the end of that? Yeah. They recovered their sight. And not they went home and told everybody. And, you know, not they read that letter that they didn't get to read. Not they did whatever. They followed him. They they apparently understood enough about Jesus to know that he was the one that could help. And then as soon as he did help them, they didn't just take his help and run. They took his help and followed him. They wanted to be closer to him. Which is easier now that that they can see. So, I mean, they... They seem to have a pretty good handle on what they want and why they want it I, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I think a big it's it appears that a big reason that they wanted to see their why was so they could follow Jesus because that's what they kept doing so these guys <laughs> these 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 guys did it right. oh but there's some other people in this story right before them actually uh there's twelve other dudes who are. They're also blind, Uh, not physically, but if you were here uh, last semester, uh, Sam, our outreach minister, did a great talk about how Jesus' closest followers, the 12 disciples, oftentimes miss the point. And we are going to see them miss it in some amazing ways in this story. This, This story is actually right before the story that we just read. And I don't know if that necessarily means this is how they happen chronologically or if Matthew was like, you know what, I should put this together because... Those dudes were literally blind, but we'd kind of miss some stuff too. So so Matthew tells this story starting in verse 20. Um, Don't miss the fact that we're talking about vision and we're looking at 2020. Um, Brandon pointed that out, so um, it's not, you know, good stuff. All right, so then the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And if you're like, wait, what? Okay. So there's this dude named Zebedee. He has, two so- well, he has at least two sons, James and John. James and John are two of Jesus' closest followers, okay? So Zebedee's wife, James and John's mama, comes up to Jesus with her sons. Kneeling before him, she asked him for something, and he said to her, What do you want? And she said, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom." Jesus answered, and here's the thing, I'm not exactly sure who the sentence is to. You do not know what you were asking. I'm not sure if that's to Mrs. Zebedee or if that's to James and John. But he says, you do not know what you were asking. I'm very confident this question is to James and John. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? Okay, that is about suffering. When you read biblical references about cups that have to be drunk, it is always a reference to suffering. So he said, are you guys able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And they say, yeah, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink my cup, uh, but to sit, you will have suffering, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant. It is for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. Now, an interesting thing about this story. um, This appears in Matthew's gospel and in Mark's gospel, in Mark's account of things. Now, Mark tells it differently. Mark has James and John walking up to Jesus and being like, Hey, we want these seats. Matthew, on the other hand, has their mama asking, which, okay, for, let's talk about this for a second. First of all, that does not bother me at all that there's a little bit of an inconsistency there, okay? That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. If the, if the four Gospels were word for word the exact same, that's what we call collusion. That's when you know stuff's being made up. Okay, but like if, that, if, there, if there was a paper, if there, was a, if there, if there there's an article in the Red and Black paper about a, um, about a fire somewhere in Athens, and it said that while fighting the fire, two firefighters were injured, and the Athens paper said same fire while fighting it, one firefighter was injured. That difference doesn't make me think the fire didn't happen. Okay, if you want to talk biblical inconsistency, inerrancy, we, we can talk about that. I would love to have that conversation, but don't, don't let that, the fact that these stories look different in Matthew and Mark, bother you I wonder if Matthew was trying to like take care of James and John like if he was like okay these are my boys we hung with them for three and a half years um I'm gonna say take a little poetic license here and say that their mom was asking and they were the whole time they were like mom no no don't it don't and I don't know if it was that or if it was Matthew being like I never really liked James and John what if I turned them into a couple of mama's boys and said they weren't even able, <laughs> willing to ask the question? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to be like... And they got their mama to ask them. Uh, and I don't know which one it is, and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I just, it's just kind of a funny thing to, to think about. But they want something from Jesus. They want these, um, these seats um, at the right and the left. Um, when... How does she put it? When you come into your kingdom... Say these two sons of mine will sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. What's up with this idea of somebody sitting at Jesus' right and left in his kingdom? What does that have to do with anything? Okay. So like right hand and left hand, who are the how important are those people? Fair. Yeah, they, they, that's basically second and third in charge. So what they're asking for is seats, but what they're really asking for is position. You know, they're really asking for, for authority, uh, for recognition, uh, to be noticed. Um, so that doesn't sound too good. So let's see what everybody else thinks about that. So if we keep reading I love this first one and when the 10 heard it, the other 10 they were indignant at the two brothers. You know why I think they were mad at him? Because they didn't think of it first. I mean, you can't tell me Peter wasn't like, Dang it, Andrew, we should have done that. <laughs> Peter, if you're not familiar, Peter and Andrew and another two siblings, and Peter was very much a hothead. Um, yeah. I, I, I think they were, I thought, man, we can do that? That's a good idea. We should have done that. But watch how Jesus handles this potentially very divisive situation. He called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. One really cool thing about the, the, the Greek with... Oh, sorry, Whit, I messed you up again. Can you go back one more? Thanks, dude. Um, Lord it over them, exercise authority. Both of those words start with a prefix in the Greek that means down. So, what it's talking about is you achieve a position not by pulling yourself up, but by pushing other people down. Jesus is like, You know, this is how they do things. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's a potentially really divisive situation here where these two guys have stepped out on a limb and the other ten are, are, are upset about it. And Jesus is like, all right, chill out. Everybody here with me. You know, it's like a, like a, like a huddle. Everybody here with me. And he reminds them what they know about the world, how the worldly leaders work. He reminds them what they know about him, okay, that he came not to uh, be served but to serve. And, they, and he reminds them about the expectations that he's given to them, how they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be different from the world. What if, in the, fa- in the face of potentially divisive situations, we gathered around Jesus and let him remind us of what we know about the world and about him and about his expectations for us. Because what we'd rather do is yell at the people that disagree with us, because not only they disagree with us, but if you disagree with me, you're obviously wrong. And not just wrong, you're evil. That's where we've gotten now. Like, it's not enough to just disagree with somebody. You have to tell them they're wrong and tell them that not only are they wrong factually, like they're wrong morally. Like you're an evil person for no other reason than because you disagree with me. They think the same thing about you. I mean, that's just, Jesus is just like, everybody chill out. You know, all right. You guys wanted these seats. You wanted to be next to Jesus. Right? Sitting his right and his left. That's what the blind guys wanted. That was their why, was they wanted to be be next to Jesus. The wanting to be next to Jesus, that's a good thing. The problem arises in why they want to be there, because they want to have this authority. They want to have this position. They want everybody to look at them and recognize them. Look at me, trying to get everybody's attention. You know, I mean, do you want that 4.0 so that you actually learn something, or do you want that 4.0 so that people will look at you? Do, you know, maybe in high school you were the, you were an officer in a club, but you didn't care about the club. You wanted to put that on your application to UGA. Tell people, look at me. If you're thinking about maybe trying to be an officer in another on-campus organization or something, are you doing that? the exact same reason so that it looks better in a grad school application? Or are we doing it to actually benefit the club and to help others? What do I want? Why do I want it? Do I want a new boyfriend or girlfriend so I can post pictures on Insta because I know my ex still follows me? If you do, you have no business dating anybody. Okay? Just, Yeah. What do I want? But more importantly, why do I want it? And maybe right now you're like, all right, those were three examples that I can kind of, you know, I, I, can, I can see that, see what you're saying. But like, what does that have to do with the kingdom of heaven? I mean, I, I honestly don't even see what this really even has to do with, with Jesus at all. I mean, can I want something for a good reason and it really not be like a kingdom of heaven thing? Doesn't really not have to do anything with Jesus? Well, here's the thing. If what the Bible says is true, and I believe it is, if the kingdom of heaven has indeed arrived, as our theme verse says, and if the kingdom of heaven is, in fact, where heaven and earth meet, if Jesus was serious when he taught his disciples and us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer when he said that we should pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if all that's true, and spoiler, I believe it is, then what we believe about the kingdom of heaven has profound implications for how we answer, what do I want, and why do I want it? See, if we believe that the kingdom of heaven is, you know, what is sometimes referred to as the pie in the sky by and by, that it's a long way away, both in time and space. If that's what we believe, that it's just a future hope, not a present reality, then our answer to what do I want is, well, I want to be able to say I'm a Christian. And my why is so so that I go to heaven. But in honesty, the answer to why isn't so I go to heaven. It's so I don't go to hell. Which, I mean, fear is a horrible motivator. That's just not going to work. That shouldn't be good enough for us. Okay? If the only reason that we're doing this whole Jesus thing Is for fire insurance, which is sometimes what people call it instead of going to hell, you know, fire insurance. Then, I mean, would you like, okay, but it's like, would you rather have a a crappy car with good insurance or a good car that also has good insurance? Like, you can have both. You can, you really can. Maybe you're like, not now I can't. Okay, I understand. Maybe not, maybe not right now. But just the idea of, oh, let me, let, me, let me be a Christian so I can go to heaven when I That's not good enough for me. I, that's just not. Honestly, I want more than that. And I want you to want more than that too. And Jesus wants you to want more than that as well. That wasn't good enough for a guy named Dallas Willard who's just a, an amazing dude. Um, and he said this about the message of the gospel. He said... The message of the gospel isn't how to get into heaven when you die. It's how to get into heaven before you die. See, we hear eternal life, and we always think that eternal life starts when you die. That's not what Jesus thought. Literally, minutes before he's going to be arrested and end up you know, getting crucified, Jesus prays this in John 17. He's talking to God here. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. He doesn't say that they're with us when they die, he says that they know us. If eternal life is eternal, we're already in it. See, we focus on eternal life meaning it doesn't end, but that means it doesn't start either. It's just a thing. You're in it. Eternal, it's like it's not like eternal life starts now. It never really started because it's always there. Okay, you don't have to wait until, until you die to, to know God and to know Jesus. And notice something. Jesus didn't say that eternal life is they know about God and that we know about Jesus. It's knowing. Okay? Like the way you know people you have relationships with. That Jesus knows your very heartbeat and that you are striving to try to know His. That's what He has in mind with this. Which brings me to one of my answers to what do I want and why do I want it. And it's funny because I wrote this a couple of days ago. In the last couple of days, Satan's been like, I don't think you really want that. He's been throwing stuff at me. You should change that, but I won't say it anyway. So here we go. I want to have so many of y'all sitting down on the on the on the couch in front of my desk to talk with me that it's hard for me to get stuff done every day. If you're not familiar, the green office, the one on the right, Kristen and Sam and I share that one. My office is the one back in the, or my my desk is the one back in the corner with the couch right in front of. Um, and yeah, what I want. Is for so many of y'all to sit down there and be like, okay, I have questions, or I wanna to talk to you about something, whether it's questions or not. I want that to happen so often that I'm like, well, didn't get anything done on the to do list, because it's worth it. Y'all, I, my phone this week has been blowing up. One of our recent alums has been. She started this thing where she's trying to read through the Bible in 90 days, so it's just like, good grief. It takes about an hour a day, and she is all in. But she's like, I got questions. Like, what is go-? like? This is, this is crazy. And she also, if you were her last year, we had our theme, you know, story time, how every story in the Bible is about Jesus. She's like, it really is. I was like, I know, right? Um, but I love that. I love having these one-on-one conversations with you all. It makes it, It's always the highlight of my day. And then how it just, how it builds and how that turns into stuff, I can still feel how freaking freezing the water was when I baptized Megan Rogers, now Axford. She was the first student I baptized here at CCF after she and I had read through the Gospels together because she just sat down one day and was like, I don't get any of it, but I want to know more. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know what I want to talk to you about. Well, let's go back to the would you rather game again. You do not have to raise your hand for any of these. In fact, please don't. Yeah, somebody went, ooh, that's because they know what <laughs> they That's somebody who knows mm, some of these are going to hit a little close to home. Um, Would you rather talk to me about Monday's college football playoff title game or that plane panel that flew off of that plane as it was taken off? Um, incidentally, allegedly, an iPhone got sucked out, hit the ground, and still worked. That's a commercial coming to you soon. I don't know if I buy it, but I want to see it. Um, you know, d- would you rather talk to me about my favorite Athens restaurants or my favorite Netflix shows? Would you rather talk to me about how hard pre is? By the way, I have a degree from here in secondary math education, so I might can help you out. Um, maybe. might take a while. Um, would you rather talk about how hard pre-cal is or would you rather talk to me about how th- the job that you'd apply for if you knew right now you had just as good a chance as anybody? Like with that dream job. That you could apply for right now and have just as good a chance about as anybody else. Would you rather talk to me about sexuality and gender or the upcoming presidential primaries? Yeah, let's talk about the stuff we're not supposed to talk about. Because again, we have this idea that there are things we're not supposed to talk about. And you know what that leads to? That leads to silos of comment threads. And I'm telling you right now, it is very hard to find Jesus in most comment threads. There's a lot of people that are speaking for him, but mm -mm. mm-mm. But again, let's talk about the things that people say we're not supposed to talk about, and instead we're supposed to, oh, they're evil because they disagree with me. Let's talk about that stuff. Would you rather talk about creation care or various forms of discrimination? Would you rather talk about why you're thinking about changing your major or why you're thinking you might need to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Would you rather talk about how UGA handled the rain on Tuesday or the whole Israel-Gaza situation? Would you rather talk about how you're not really sure if the downtown scene is for you anymore or what you've heard the Bible has to say about women? Would you rather talk about what some of your friends say about God or what the Bible says about Jesus? Would you rather talk about who you think you are or who God's Word says you are? Because if the kingdom of heaven has indeed arrived... It has something to say about every single one of those questions. Okay, so even if you're like, I have no idea what I want to talk to you about, and I don't see how in the world it could connect to Jesus, it does. And if you're like, well, I don't really see how it is. Well, that's okay. We just told two stories about Jesus enlightening some blind folks. He can handle it. If the kingdom of heaven is, in fact, where heaven and earth meet, if it has indeed arrived, it's got something to say for all of us. And as I mentioned, I love having those conversations, and everybody on staff loves having those conversations. Okay, we've, you know, check out the wall back there, or meet the staff. All nine of those people would love to talk to you about stuff. Um, I also lead our senior leaders, the backbones. Welcome backs, back. there we go. Uh, their pictures are up uh, in between the bathrooms. They'd love to talk to you about stuff too. Um, they're really cool. You should talk to them. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> backbones if they stump you, you can tell them to come talk to me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally, everybody's like, oh <laughs> um, and and I, I get it i I get that this is kind of an out there thing. I understand that. And maybe right now you're like, I don't even know what my questions are. Okay. Cool. Let's walk down the JITJO's and just start talking about stuff. Because once you start talking and once you start listening, you start realizing your own whys. And if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to do a little bit of work, asking questions, take the courage to do that, Y'all, every, every single one of us on that meet the staff wall would love to talk to you, to try to help, you know, guide you, help, help, help you try to see the kingdom of heaven that's all around us. We're, we're not perfect, y'all, by any stretch. We miss it from time to time. Okay? But I, I, I mean, we don't know everything. But what we all know is this, that once your eyes are open to the fact that the kingdom of heaven is all around us and there's not a topic of discussion that the kingdom of heaven isn't involved in, that's when, like the blind men, you decide that Jesus dude is somebody you want to stick close to and somebody you want to get to know better. And that is why CCF exists and that is why every single one of us on staff do what we do. Okay? Hey, Donnie, are you busy? Probably. That doesn't... Who cares? You got a question? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about something? Let's talk about it. Okay? I mean, yeah, there's other stuff to do. But there's not... I don't see a, a lot of places where Jesus ignores people to accomplish a task. And I'm trying to follow him in such a way that I lead you to do the same thing. And that's what everybody on CCF staff wants to do. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we learn to see the kingdom of heaven all around us. Let's pray. God, thank you that... um, that your kingdom really is all around us. Thank you that there is nowhere that we can go away from you. Uh, thank you that even when we feel like we're running away from you, all we got to do is turn around, and you're right there uh, to welcome us, welcome us back, welcome us home, welcome us into your loving arms. Um, God, I don't know where we all are right now uh, with you, and where we what we think about, uh, what each of us thinks about your son, but but I know those hard questions and those hard conversations are, are worth it, and they're worth, um, worth having, and I'm just thankful for this community, and I'm thankful that um, everybody in here has got somebody else in this room that they could really click with and connect with, and that would so they could help each other get closer to Jesus. And God, that is my prayer for each of us this semester, is that uh, come May, each of us is closer to you and more like your son than we are right now. Please make that so. It's in Jesus' name we pray.